Saddest thing in the whole wide world Is to break the heart of your lover I made a mistake and I did it again Then we struggled to recover I sang in anger, hit another bad chord But I still try to sing about love and war Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Panic. We got ourselves a mailbag voicemail episode. We don't do a ton of these in the offseason. Haven't done one since, you know, before the season ended. Um, you know, we were still fighting for the playoffs last time we did a mailbag voicemail, so it's good. We got a, a good amount of questions, Justin, we'll get to. But Justin, how how do you do? Bobby, a lot of weird things happened in our media company today, I feel like. Um, there's a race to 10K. Apparently, you're going to win it. You're going to win is it. Is there a race? There, No, there is no race. Um, <laughs> There is no race because you're in first place. You're going to hit it first. But my name, I don't like how my name was put on the board. It's not fair. Like, everybody else has more than, like, almost 7,000 followers. Yeah, they should have put all the losers below you. They they should. That would have made me feel a lot better. Yeah, I know. That was, well, at least you're in the race. Um, I'm not good at races. I'm too big. Well, NASCAR this weekend. I'm excited. I'm going. I'm going to the truck race on Friday night. Yeah, that's like a that's like a Skinner family tradition. Going to the it truck is. Race. It, it it truly is. Hopefully, it doesn't rain. Speaking of rain, this episode was brought to you by Jolton James DiMaggio. Now, Jolton Bolton, like lightning. You know, kind of one and the same. And it was brought to you by Jonas in Germany. He plays um, center for the Memphis Grizzlies. And the last name is Valanciunas. Um. You know, I think he got a little overrated, but now he's an underrated player. Um, so, Justin, who are these Jolton Germans? It's funny. I was being asked today by um, by somebody on Twitter about making if we would ever make our way to um, Europe for a, a Giants game or any or for really for any reason, because um, I know our overseas crowd is a pretty strong shout out gas man. Yeah, so those people went to patreon.com slash talking giants and whatever currency you use and wherever you're from. Um, $2 American dollars, $2 American dollars per month. You can support us and also hang out with us live as we record shows, chat with us before and after patreon.com slash talking giants. The goal actually is like, I've, I've kind of promised it to our international audience that the next, um, ear, uh, overseas game, maybe even if they just do it in Mexico, we'll go like that. That's a plan is for us to go do that. Like the I next think. giants overseas. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. I'm not going to go for, but the giants will be put, the giants will go back there. Like it's, yeah. it's a guarantee that they will go back. They've already went a couple of times. They went, played the Rams and the dolphins. How crazy would it be? The first game overseas in London was giants versus dolphins. That was an ugly game too. If there is a, an additional week added onto the season this year, the Giants will be playing the Dolphins now. Whether that's a home or away game is to be determined, but maybe they throw it back and they put it overseas again. Could you imagine? Now, think about this. The two Giants games I've been to, both against the Dolphins, one <laughs> in Miami and then one in, uh, in Jersey, could you imagine my third Giants game is also against the Dolphins, but it's in a different stadium? That would be... <laughs> in a different country <laughs> i'm rooting for that now i'm actually rooting for that now yeah um so so yeah we got we got mailbag and voicemail um but first 
Have you ever wanted to get yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook has given you a chance to do just that. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between LA and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right. For every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, the over-under will drop by one point. Whoa, that's kind of crazy. And you know what? We're going to do our sticker giveaway for Sunday on that game, and we'll do one for the NASCAR race. Every better who hammers the over in Sunday's Denver vs. LA game helps to lower the game's over-under. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odd... The odds remain at even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. If that isn't enough excitement for you, there is a huge title fight happening this weekend at UFC 258. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code John Boy, when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when the LA takes on Denver, for every 1,000 people that bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, that is your chance to improve the odds of the overrating. So tell your friends and family, this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code John Boy for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana. Minnesota or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call a 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, 888-532-3500. Steve, take it away. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes you want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Thanks, Steve from Blue's Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First question, very important topic. Topic of the day, I would say. Mr. Brownstone, friend of the program. 16-0, Talking Giants versus the World. Keep kicking its ass. We will. Alex For Benedict. Whoa. Check this out. Justin, can you see it? Yes, I could see it. I was waiting for the other two to come in. Um, I see I got the same deal. I did it from three different emails, and I think they may have caught on to me, so I haven't gotten the two other designs. <laughs> Anyways, finish the question, please. Alex Benedict Arnold Tanny didn't deserve us. So that's not really a question, but here we'll we'll phrase it as this. Do we not like Alex Tanny now because he is now an offensive quality control coach for the Philadelphia Eagles? He retires this week, by the way. And then one day later, he is now coaching for the Philadelphia Eagles. Do we not like him now? Well, he it he knew that he was getting this job offer. That's why he retired. Like he, you know, he uh, wanted to get in coaching. Everyone knew he wanted to get in coaching. It's been known for a couple of years. He retired because he knew he was getting this job with the Eagles. Um, so obviously we were joking around on social media where it's like, you know, and the intro to this, you know, podcast, love and war, but obviously like I, yes, I, I do like we, we are rooting for Alex Tanny to have a successful coaching career, but also the Eagles to not be successful. It's one of the same, but, um, it does suck though. It's like, come on, dude, could you have went anywhere? Like go to Denver with Pat, like, like dude, go anywhere, but the Eagles, like even Washington would have been a little better, you know, but that's. I, I actually like I have grown um 
I guess since he's coaching, can we say that we had some plans for Alex Tanny, Justin? Hmm. You said it now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's my that's my <laughs> way of telling you. We were gonna try and get Alex Tanny to do content for us when because we didn't we if he wasn't gonna go right into coaching, we were gonna be like, hey, won't you do content for us for a year? And one you get like look at the QB school, JTO Sullivan. He wasn't yeah. like he wasn't a successful QB. He and he had you know he did do the um. Um, you know, the trick shot video back in the day when he was in college at Monmouth. So we were going to try and approach him and do an interview. And if the interview went well, be like, hey, like, would you want to do content? Like, do like a QB breakdown once a week for us? Like, you know, I think you people would really like it. Um, but he's obviously on to lower things. Certainly not bigger and greener pastures. Well, it's definitely, Smaller gre- things. It's definitely greener pastures. Yeah, scumbag Eagles, pastures. Eagles green. Hope you um, like batteries in your dome. I can't not like Alex Tanny, and part, so I was gonna have that line, like thinking to myself, "Well, how are we gonna answer this question pre-show? Of do we like Alex Tanny?" I I was gonna have the line, "We can't not like Alex Tanny," and I wasn't gonna exactly say why, but I'm still holding out hope that maybe one day, if coaching doesn't work out for him and he wants to just kind of sit home for a little bit, I'm still holding out hope that maybe one day, and and, and real talking Giants listeners will know. That they're listening to this mailbag episode in the middle of February, they will know when Alex Tanny is a Talking Giants member. They will know where it kind of started. Well, here's w- what we'll say: is here's what it did do. It ruined the Alex Tanny jokes, like the Alex Tanny, you know, all time great giant. Like they're not as funny anymore because like now he's he's part he's the enemy. Like he's on the he's on en- part of the enemy right now. So um, it, it it basically ruined those jokes. You know, it's unfortunate. It Wait, it really are you awesome. are you being? Those now, are my best tweets. Like my I, be, my most viewed tweets are those Alex Tanny ones. Are you now a full on advocate for if you own an Alex Tanny shirt, you should burn it, and or you should buy our Alex Tanny shirts that we do have on the Talking Giants store because we do we have what uh, Giants franchise leader in completion percentage. We have Alex Tanny shirts. That's how stupid we are. Are you a fan of burning them? Um, burning the shirts, putting it on social media, and tagging us. Do we want people to do this? Yeah. Yes. I, I, I don't like it. You know, it's here's the issue is I don't want people to like burn stuff they paid money for, you know, from us. But if if you think burning it is worth like the video, the re- like replies and stuff you get, do it. Because I, I mean, I love burning jerseys and shirt jerseys. And you know how the trend is now? Where it's like people hold up the lighter and it's like this jersey's laying on their bed oh, and then I they hate lay that. notes. I yeah, hate it's it. like one, no one thought you were gonna light your bed on fire. <laughs> um and then two, it's like it's just the corniest thing in the world. Like I hate that with a passion. So I wanna do one of those videos where I do it and then I light the piece on paper, like piece you know, then I put the piece of paper on it and then put another piece of paper and you're saying, Just kidding, we're burning this and throwing it into like a like a burning like barrel or something. Sure. I love so. how we um, ended like ended the Alex Tanny to talk in Giants conversation, and then we were like, should we tell people to buy his shirts and burn them? Oh, definitely we... buy and burn them. If you want to buy it and burn it, yes. If you have it already, think about it. Um, well, you talk to Alex like, Tanny. I don't want to pressure. I don't want pre- I, if if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you think it'd be funny, do it. Like I don't want you to feel any pressure from us to burn it. You know. Cause... Alex Tanny's going to be on the Talking Giants team. We should burn his shirts. <laughs> yeah. 
That's that's what I basically just said. All right, we have uh, Bobby. We have so much to do. We have a lot yeah. to do. Next, we have a lot to do. All right, we're gonna ask a couple mailback questions all together. Giants page zero and zero. Listen the record for next year. We're already fresh. Giants page. Um, he wants to draft a Smith, Smith or I. I this is all caps. I get confused. Okay. If we re-sign Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson, do we do anything for this defense in free agency? So that's Giants page. Josh. I need to find Josh's question because we have so many questions. We have so many questions. So many great questions. Josh Pasternak, which I love that name, by the way, at Josh Pasternak. Great name. If we can re-sign Calvin, um, let Leonard Williams walk. Sign a top edge or free or wide receiver in free agency. I think he means Dalvin. If we can re-sign Dalvin, let Leonard Williams walk, sign a top edge or wide receiver in free agency, and get the opposite of what we didn't get in the draft, would you be happy with that? My brain needs a second to compartmentalize that. And final question is going to come from Hot Dog. What are your predictions for free agency? I don't think we'll spend a lot, but if we do, I think it's on Galladay. So we got this Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, you know, what then here's what I want to turn this question into, Justin. What without going in you don't have to get player specific, you know, like with bring in free agents. What are the skeletons for your free agency plan? You know, we're not putting together like, oh, we need to go get this player. But what are the skeletons for your free agency plan? And since I changed the questions a little bit, I will start off. One, you keep Leonard Williams. Leonard Williams is and Leonard Williams is being kept. Like I'd be blown away if Leonard Williams isn't a giant um, in 2021. Let Dalvin Tomlinson test free agency. Doesn't mean you're not going to bring him back, but let him test free agency. There's a lot of teams with cap issues. There's a lot of teams that need wide receivers with wide receivers out there. I wouldn't be surprised if Dalvin goes out there and doesn't get the number that he wants because I think if I think he would be resigned with the Giants if he was looking for something you know reasonable. So I, I would let him test free agency. There's a reason the, that he hasn't been re-signed to this point. So let him test free agency. If you can get him back for like 9 mil or less or something like that, um, bring him back. You got to either restructure or move on from Zyler. You got to. It's too big It's too big of a cap hit. I know it sucks to, moving on, but looking at stuff, you got to figure out a way to restructure that and move on. And then adding, they have to add a wide receiver. They have to. Now, I would... I will say I want to go get Galladay or Allen Robinson. I do. But I can see them falling somewhere in the middle for giving someone like they did last year with Bradbury and Blake, someone between 10 and 15 mil. Um, then spend up to 5 mil on cornerback too. Someone someone to compete in there with Eden. Maybe even like a Richard Sherman type. Like I wouldn't be opposed to you know him. I know he's older now. Um, not the same player. Um, and then fill in the rest. Fill in the rest. Get us a backup running back at a mill, whether that's Gallman or somebody else, and just fill in f- fill in the rest with little deals. So that is the skeletons of what I want to do in free agency. Yeah, if Leonard is brought back, I don't think they're going to get a big-time wide receiver. What? Because that's $20 million at least for the next two years that's going into per player. You know, let's... A rough estimate. I, I don't think Leonard Williams is going to get $20 million on the dot, but he'll get a, a couple mil below that. And then we know if we get a Galladay or Allen Robinson, they're most likely to get 20 mil per year. So yeah. that's that's tough. I mean, that's two players right there um, that's going to take up the majority of what you have available this offseason. So 
I'm preparing myself for a, a middle-of-the-road wide receiver with still the expectation that they should be adding one in the draft, um, mm-hmm. whether that should be first round, um, first round, second round, third round, a uh, high leverage draft pick for wide receiver. If we're not adding Galdair, Allen Robinson, I know that some of, I know I probably just also answered another question. Um, so Leonard Williams is going to be the biggest guy that would be resigned. That's my plan. Let Dalvin walk. Um, I would also sign, I think the edge market, the edge rusher market is also very interesting. Um, it are the, is it going to be more p- pro player friendly this year the precedent that the nfl has set has been no it is not going to be pro player friendly um you know clowny waited all clowny waited all offseason for a contract golden waited all offseason for a contract um yannick and has been traded to uh three different teams when he's looking for a contract so um i think the giants get an, an edge an edge piece that's relatively cheap that is a two-way player that we're not excited about um and then, like you said, fill fill in the rest. Wide receiver, middle of the road wide receiver, Leonard Williams, edge piece. Whether that's Kyle bringing Kyler Frackrell back or Leonard Floyd, dare I say, and then fill in the rest. Yeah, I'm not on let Dalvin walk. I'm I'm let him test free agency, and if he doesn't get what he's out there looking for, come home to Papa. But then you're, which sacri- I think is a very realistic opportunity. But then I think you're you're sacrificing other positions, and that's the problem. We'll say you do that, and you maybe you spend two mil on cornerback too. You know where it's like it's truly a battle with whoever in, in need him. Yeah. Um, stick with what you have at edge. You know, like hey, we're getting Carter. You know, like you said earlier, get Carter and Zimmerman's back. Yeah. Fackrell for a couple mil. Um, you know, so yeah, you're you're definitely sacrificing. But I, as I would like to, well, Topher Pete asked about the wide receiver, so we'll save some wide yeah. receiver takes for that. So yep. All right, we have a next voicemail. question. We have. A, you know what we have, Justin? You know what we have? A voicemail. Are you sure? I am 100% positive. Okay, I was stalling. Hey, so my name's Kieran from South Carolina. Just finished watching the Super Bowl. It's 1.30 a.m. and I'm kind of lying in bed. And you know what thought I had watching Patrick Mahomes try and play that game? That was exactly like watching a Giants game. Watching an incompetent O-line, letting pressure get through every play. And then, you know, he has turnovers and he has no touchdowns. People will complain about Daniel Jones getting no touchdowns, saying that he's not getting enough touchdowns and they turns the ball over too much. Those are the top two complaints on Daniel Jones. And look at possibly the best QB in the NFL right now, at least talent-wise, Patrick Mahomes. And he does the same thing. And, and, you know, when you have a tight end who leads the league and drops, wide receivers who have the worst separation in the league because of bad play calling by Jason Garrett, and when you have no run game and you're the highest percentage blitz team, more people blitz against the Giants and apply pressure than any other team, then you can't expect good results. It's not going to happen. I believe if he had competence, Daniel Jones would be a top 10 QB in the league. Call me crazy, but uh, he, he doesn't. And no one around him is good. No one around him is good. He's not the problem. Okay, so we have our next question is about Daniel Jones in year three. But he started off talking about the Super Bowl and the O-line. And I, Justin, I know that's something you wanted to talk about with like your takeaways from that Super Bowl game. So I'll send... Like let's focus on the like what did the, we learn from the Super Bowl for the New York Giants? Yeah, I think one of the things that we learned is I felt a lot of connections to what Patrick Graham did against the Seahawks, and what we're finding out 
I you know I whether defensive coordinators know this, whether this is a known thing in the NFL or not. You know, I, I just like to learn things as I watch them and I will tell you what I learn and I'm a young fan, so it could be like, yeah, Justin, no, no shit, Sherlock, this is a thing that's already known. But I think there we are cracking the code of the elite quarterbacks that very much rely on the explosive play. Russell Wilson. The big stat that I was saying that entire week that up to up to that point we were playing him, 25% of Russell Wilson's passing attempts are going for more than 15 air yards. I don't know what it is for Patrick Mahomes, but I can imagine when you have Tyreek Hill running those crossing routes and running those verticals and Travis Kelsey running deep down the field, it may be around the same. And we saw, we saw a very, you know, as much as the Chiefs offensive line was not blocking for them, we saw a very repetitive game plan from the Kansas City Chiefs of just Patrick Mahomes is constantly looking for the big play. He's constantly looking downfield. I honestly thought Todd Bowles in that in that Super Bowl was going to continue to blitz and continue to be aggressive and stick to his philosophy instead of changing and adapting, which is what a good coach has to do. They have to change and adapt. I thought he was going to stick to that philosophy, and that's why the Chiefs were going to win the game, because they were going to have deep, explosive play. No, they were dropping three guys. They were dropping into cover three, and that kept everything in front of them, and Mahomes was not willing to check it down. So I think it connects the the way that the Bucks stopped the Chiefs. It connects to the way that the Giants stopped Russell Wilson, where these quarterbacks, no matter how talented they are, and no matter how these teams are very, you would think, very advanced in the way that they call plays, if you don't have a balanced offense where you also where you can stretch the field while also having those checkdowns kind of um, in the intermediate part of the field and you can go to them, you ain't going to do well. And of course, your offensive line needs to block for you as well. That offensive line played so bad, and it was because they were in, like, it's not like the Chiefs had gotten by this whole year with that offensive line, you know? Like, they were, you know, they lost Fisher. You know, they had lost, you know, Schwartz earlier in the year. But Rembers is actually a, kind of a serviceable right tackle, um, especially when you're not going against Shaq Barrett and JPP in the yeah. Super Bowl where those guys are giving 110% effort every play. Um, you know, which is why playoff football is different than regular season football. It just is. Um, and I really do think the biggest difference is defensive players are locked in on every play. And they prepare, you know, way more than they do in the regular season. But anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it just shows how you struggle with an offensive line. Now, I don't think, did the Giants, I know the Giants' offensive line had a bad year. But was there a game besides maybe Pittsburgh where you felt like Jones was getting the pressure that Mahomes got on Sunday? I mean, we can't count the Arizona game since Jones was just in the pocket and not going anywhere in yeah, Arizona. Yeah, that was the fourth quarter, too. Yeah, like, and you know, Arizona just done. Arizona just seems like that team that just has the Giants' number, or at least it has Daniel Jones's number. Uh, two different offenses and two different times where they're just sacking the living crap out of him. 8-6. Um, no, I, I, you know, The no. beginning of the Rams game, but from quarter one to quarter four, no. But also part of that is, I hate to say it, but credit to the Giants' offenses, they didn't. Like, it was based on quick passing game, you know, where he wasn't going to be getting lit up like that all game But you're long. still, but you're still, Bobby, you know, you're, Daniel Jones is still holding on to the ball, and this can actually go to our next voicemail. I may save this point where, you know what, this is a good transition. I'm going to, an- the answer to this next question in this next voicemail, um, I have it ready. So let's play that. Okay. And it will, and, and it will connect to the quick passing game and Jones holding on to the ball. 
Hey, Bobby. Hey, Justin. It's Joe from North Jersey. Justin, hello. Prep alum. What's good? Ooh. I'm sitting crisscross applesauce in my bed right now, thinking about the Giants. Thinking, thinking mostly about Daniel Jones, to be honest. What do you guys need to see from him in year three? Right, year three? Yeah, year three. That tells you that he's improved. I thought he was a little better than his stats might have said this year, and I'm interested to get you know, your guys' perspective on what do you need to see this year that says Daniel Jones is a guy. Justin, P-R-A-P, prep, prep, prep. P-R-A-P, prep, prep, prep. Um, that was uh, Joe. Joe Manganelli is a few years older than me, um, so shout out to you. Uh, did he, he bully just, you? No, he did not bully me. We actually Good didn't know each job. other well. We didn't know each other well in high school. I knew his brother Dan better, and then he kind of like messaged me. He's like, "Hey, I love John Boy," and then I kind of just found you guys, and I'm like, "Oh, great!" And it's like we went to prep together, so it was a cool, cool interaction we had a couple months together. But um, he's a, Joe's a big Joe's a big listener, so thank you, Joe. Um, so one of the things that I want to see out of Daniel Jones in year three, and this is like I I I need to see this. Daniel Jones needs to have a time before the release of 2.65 seconds or less. And that is a season total. This year it was 2.76, and that was slightly above average. But we've seen this year, Bobby, some of the games where Daniel Jones has had his most air yards or his most you know average air yards, those games have also been those games where he has also gotten rid of the ball the, the, the fastest. Now, I that's not perfect every game. Like to have, oh yeah, let's release the ball in 2.4 seconds while also throwing it 20 yards down the field. I, that's not realistic every game, but I'm asking for that slight decrease because it's a combination of Daniel Jones is sacked at an incredibly high rate. Um, the, our our first voicemail um, talked about how G- the Giants are one of the most blitz teams in the National Football League. I don't think that's going anywhere unless we can expand the field a little bit more with deep with deep passes. So Daniel Jones, when he gets rid of the ball quick and when he is decisive with the ball, when he can do his pre-snap reads, if there can be some pre-snap motion that helps him, if he can get that time before the release down a little bit more, I think this offense could be a lot more efficient. It's year three is so important. Like, and I've and I've said this, and everyone knows I like Daniel Jones, but look at Sam Darnold with the Jets, and I'm not saying it, you know it's it would even have to be as bad as that. But it's like I still think Sam Darnold could be good, you know. Like I do watch their games, and and he is put in the worst situations. Like I, I feel bad for him, but I'm also like the Jets need to move on. You spent three years, you can't you can't try again with this. Like you you screwed it up. You screwed up with him. You need to give him a fresh start somewhere else. Um, where year three is so important, especially if we end up if we if we're in the top ten of the draft, or you know, or if we're in a position where we're talking about a QB, then. It, it might be time to move on, you know, which sucks. But but that's but that's my answer. Take that out outside of that position. You're always there's always gonna be haters, of of course, Justin. Like no matter what, until you until you win a Super Bowl. I mean, Eli was you know winning games and going to the playoffs, and people were still calling for him to be cut. Like in year three, year four, you know. So I I wouldn't worry about that. But we saw him get better with turnovers this season. Like it started out um like at the same rate. A little bit of that is Evan Ingram, you know, popping balls up. Um, but it got so much better in the second half of the season. I mean, the second half of the season, one interception, and it was it was all Evan Ingram's fault. Like, no Daniel Jones' fault at all. 
and then two fumbles he lost. Um, and those were both like, you know, with the bum leg versus Arizona. That that's all in the second half of the season. So continue that. That doesn't mean you can't don't you're not gonna have turnovers, but continue that. We gotta score points. We gotta get this offense yeah. in the top fifteen of the NFL. I yep. know that we're that's a big jump from thirty first to top fifteen, but they said they're gonna get him weapons, Justin. They said they will get him weapons. So they there will be a new wide receiver on this team next year. Evan Ingram can't have a year as bad as last year. Or maybe they, you know, get a Kyle Pitts or a you know a Fryer Muth or, or somebody in the draft at tight end for an upgrade there. Um right tackle is a question mark, but realistically every position in the offensive line should be better. Andrew Thomas should be better in year two. Shane Lemieux should be better in year two. Nick Gates should be better in year two. Um, right guard is, is a different story, but I would trust Will Hernandez there if that's what the, the road they went if Kevin Zeitler is not there. And then right tackle is still a question mark, but I think Daniel Jones can survive with a bad right tackle. I think it's when he has a bad left tackle like Solder all through the last season and then Thomas the beginning of this season is where it makes him look bad because or, or where it makes him play bad because he's getting blindsided. And if there's one issue is he is so focused down. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, so the offense, it, it goes hand in hand with what they do offensively. Let him take his shots. Let him work downfield. And for the love of God, put his check downs in the middle of the field. Put his check downs in the middle of the field. Make it easier for him. Put his check downs in the middle of the field. So I don't, I didn't really answer that question, but those are my thoughts on like what we I want to see out of Daniel yeah. Jones in year three. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anthony Bordenaro. Are, he's an actually a real weatherman. Unlike I was Annie. about to say, I was about to say he's a big time weatherman in a Florida. He always gives the Florida weather reports. I always look out for him. Do you think there are any guards worth taking at eleven if we land a free agent wide receiver and cut Zeitler? Can I just say really quickly, no. Yeah, I, I would Sorry, say Anthony. <laughs> I I would say no as well. Um, you know, I haven't went through the whole class yet, but with the guys that we expect to see there at eleven. Um, guard, I would be blown away. Like, yeah. even if, you know, I would be fine taking tackle at 11, but guard, I, I, I want it. Yeah, Wyatt Davis, Landon Dickerson, Creed Humphrey, Ben Cleveland. Those are, like, the top four guys, and they're not even projected, like, until the second and the third round. Right. So. so. All right, next question. Next question. But th- these three next three couple questions are tied together, so. Yeah. Okay. Next question is going to Jesse Samino. And Jesse says, oh, he's in the chat right now. If we end up using either our second or third round pick on the offensive line, would you prefer a guard prospect or a tackle prospect? And depending on your answer, who are some possible prospects that would excite you if taken? Second round, it would have to be a tackle for me. Second round, it'd have to be a tackle for me. Um, And a name... Alex Leatherwood. If Alex Leatherwood could be there and put him at right tackle, I would feel really good about that. He's well coached, um, and I think he would be really good at right tackle. I think he would, you know, he wouldn't be perfect, but I think he would be a solid right tackle from day one. Um, so Alex Leatherwood. Um, so day two, w- would you take a guard on in the second round? Because I, I, I wouldn't. Well, I, I want to even, I even want to ask you right now. You like leather, Alex Leatherwood? Better as a prospect than Landon Dickerson. But Landon Dickerson doesn't play tackle. I know, but I'm just saying as a prospect overall. No. But Landon Dickerson's if 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 it, I hate factoring factoring in injuries. Um uh, but if Landon Dickerson had no injuries, I would view Landon Dickerson as a first rounder. Oh, okay. 
But he does have injuries. That's so. And that's also not like the Giants. No, this is also the problem when evaluating Waddle, when evaluating Rondell, Rondell Moore, right? The problem is is that all these guys have injury history, and the Giants and Dave, uh, Dave Gettleman as a whole has, even this is even before Joe Judge comes along, Dave Gettleman as a whole has kind of avoided guys with injury history in the draft and in free agency. So um, that's something I think really needs to be considered. But there are so many guys between opt-outs and between injuries that have happened the last couple of years. There's so many enticing guys, but um, a lot of them are hurt. So yeah. Round yeah. round three, I would be willing to take a guard, though. Um, or, or interior, if Dickerson was, you know, there, that would be, that would be nice. I don't think he's going to be there though. He's, yeah, he may not, but you know, good. We, we don't know. Um, Ben Cleveland is someone that I really like, you know, he's not a perfect prospect, but I like what he, I like yeah. what he does. I think he would fit in well with what the giants do. Trey Smith from Tennessee. I don't know if he would fall to the third round. Um, so those are some names I'm trying to think of. And there's others. I mean, I really have just begun yeah. my draft process stuff and I'm actually focusing on wide receivers right now. Which I have um, 12 wide receivers down. You know what? Here's something I'll say on the podcast I don't really want to say on Twitter. I don't like Rashad Bateman. I think he'd be a horrible fit for the Giants. He can't win against man coverage. We get way too much man coverage. I don't like him. Um, So, how about that? That's a podcast exclusive right there. All that I've read is his, oh, you know, he doesn't have the speed, Bobby, but his moves. I can't stand him. I can't. Maybe if I was on a different uh, fan of a different team, I would. But for the Giants, I think it makes no sense at all. Um, in fact, I think he might just be a bust to be honest. Like, mm. That's I'm not, I'm, I have the guts of a video to make, but I almost don't want to make it. Cause like, you know, I, those videos, I focus mostly on the positives. Um, but I don't want to, I, I, you know, so I, I, I may or may now, I might just put it out Friday night and just put it out like a, you know, no one's going to watch this video. Just tweet it out. I don't tweet out all the videos anymore. No, I'm talking want- about just make social media breakdowns for him. Oh. Well, no, I'm not going to put out negative s- tweets on social media about like, I, I, negative I think, breakdowns. I think tweets, ne- some negative tweets, are better received than YouTube because people love this guy. I don't do negative breakdowns on Twitter. Okay, because it's just there's just point to me that's pointless. Why? I, yeah. I'm not, you know, and also it's like you know I'm not as well. Stuck you're up fair. You're you're always very fair. Yeah, you're always very like, fair. I, All right. Yeah. So Matt Roche. Um, at Roche M25, would you draft a center to free up Nick Gates and allow Judge slash Sale to use his versatility? Here's what I'll just say right away, and I'll let you kind of run with it. Um, Nick Gates finally had a season of 16 games, where even in 2019, Bobby, you pointed out that Nick Gates was our best offensive lineman at times when he was on the field, which was a very low sample size in 2019. He finally had a season where he was out there for 16 games, and he was good at a spot Unless there is a golden opportunity that presents itself on a platter to the Giants of, okay, we can upgrade at the center spot, I don't know if I want to move Nick Gates. Like, he had a 16 games where he was successful. You know, let's kind of keep that going. Keep the good thing a good thing. I'm not looking to move Nick Gates either, but if there is a center who was, like, if we say if we drafted Landon Dickerson, I would say put Dickerson at guard and leave Gates at center. Yeah. Um, but say, you know, they fall in love with a guy like Creed Humphrey. I would be totally open to it. Or say you get a guy like, you know, Danny just did a breakdown on Michael Manette. Now, I want Michael Manette, I don't think should come in and start day one for a team. But say he and like totally impresses. Um, I would be I'm basically the answer is I am open to moving Nick Gates to guard because I think he'd be really good at guard. Sure. Um, you know, so I think it just gives us the option of that where 
I'm not looking to move Nick Gates, but we have that option where it's like we can draft a guy who's a center because we know Gates can play that guard spot. Absolutely. I agree. Should we do uh should we no, take not a break? Yet. Not not yet. Not, not yet. yet. I, I have it built in. I have it built in, Justin. Not yet. All right, so let's listen to a a voicemail about forcing the ball down the field. Let's let's do that, Justin. We should do that, you know, while my phone is taking forever to load. Jeez. Oh, um, so bad. Goatee's you know coming in. Goatee's coming in nice. I'm thinking about shaving it. I don't really like it. How we doing, Talking Giants? Big fan, tone love all the way from Orlando, Florida. Got a lot of Florida callers you know, today. Just doing a little homework. Wanted to drop you guys a question. Um, I understand that the Giants next year most likely going to be doing some version of just smash mouth offense, where we're just going to be pounding that ball with Saquon. Uh, God hoping he stays healthy. But what do you guys feel? about possibly switching to a West Coast-style offense where we still are dependent on Saquon, but we we just throw the ball downfield more because I see a lot of people down the accuracy and just the potential that Daniel Jones has throwing the deep ball. Um, it's just we didn't have an offense that was that was meant for that. We, we saw the majority of the year a lot of curl routes, a lot of slant routes. We didn't see a lot of go routes, and then when we did throw go routes, it just... It just felt like we were lost. It just felt wrong in the system. So how do you guys feel about forcing the ball down the field more and you guys feel like Daniel Jones is the guy? You know, just a quick question I want to drop you all. Okay, so, you know, basically asking like, hey, are we going to really embrace this smash mouth and, and, you know, pound the living crap out of Saquon when he's back? Um, and say I mean, obviously, I would like us to switch back towards more of a, a West Coast type offense without, you know, you don't have to be strictly a West Coast offense. But, yes, we want to move this ball down vertically. We talk about the shots. I mean, Justin, I can pull up um, the numbers about how, you know, the numbers of when, you know, we're running plays that are more West Coast type where there's two, you know, verticals and or, you know, plays that are moving downfield and you have checkdowns built in it. Um, and the yards came from there. The yards came from there. You look at it, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a game-by-game basis or, you know, or, or in total. I, I did the study. The plays with two or more 15-plus yard routes. Sometimes these aren't even, like, deep concepts either, but I counted them, which is 32% of the snaps. Uh, Jones, 65.7 completion percentage. 9.47 yards per attempt. Three touchdowns, three interceptions. A 10.2 sack rate. Plays that weren't, so more quick-hitting plays. 61% or 61% completion percentage. So that's that's 4.7 points less. 5.25 yards per attempt. So that's 4.2 yards per attempt less. Eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, 28 sacks, which are 8.3% sack rate. So you're being sacked at a less than a 2% rate, but his completion percentage is higher and the yards per attempt is f- over four yards higher, Justin. And the argument is like, well, those other plays worked better because of the quick game. Well, in 2019, when they did, um, you know, when they were a lot more like vertically based and where Daniel Jones was a rookie, so he should be better and better at processing this stuff. The completion percentage was a lot worse on those deeper concepts. You know, it's 58% compared to 64%. Um, but even then, the yards per attempt was 8.68 compared to 5.4. So even with that, so basically what our, my argument is, sacrifice a little bit of completion percentage for more yards, getting down the field and scoring. And we look at 2019 versus 2020, 
Look at the points. I always, I whenever there's an argument, I just look at the points. Same play. I know the weapons aren't great. Same players. I'm not asking this to be a top 10 offense this year. I was asking for this offense to be a top 18 offense because we were 19th last year. Be, be in that range, not the 31st. So, yes, we should take more shots. And as far as pounding Saquon, I don't think we should just be like hand the ball to Saquon, hand the ball to Saquon, hand the ball to Saquon. I think we should use Saquon. Use him to his strengths. Why not use him the way the Saints use Alvin Kamara? Why not? Like, why are we not using him more in the receiving game? And you know, it was Saquon's birthday the other day, Justin. You know what clip I shared for the happy birthday, Saquon? It was very deliberate by you. Very deliberate. It was so on purpose because I wanted to show people this is what we should be doing. It was him getting vertical and catching a 32-yard touchdown. In fact, Shermer didn't do... like. I, I blame that a little more on Jones in 2019 as he just didn't get to the running back as quick as sometimes he should. Um, but use Saquon in the passing game. Like that should, instead of like giving him, like pounding the rock with him, let him run the ball, obviously. But give, let's get some more designed plays where the read is to Saquon. So that's, that's my answer. Bobby in quarters, one through three last year. The following teams had a higher rush rate than the New York football giants in quarters one through three. The Baltimore Ravens, the New England Patriots, the Tennessee Titans, the San Francisco 49ers, the Minnesota Vikings, the New Orleans Saints, and then the New York football giants. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is our rushing game and our and is our rushing offense and is our offensive line anywhere close to the Ravens, the Titans, the 49ers, the Vikings, and the Saints. No. No. So, here's my request. Not going out there throwing the ball 70% of the time like the Kansas City Chiefs, which, by the way, the breakdown in quarters one through three was 55% pass rate, 45% run rate. I'm not asking to throw out and go out and throw the ball 70% of the time, but maybe a little bit closer to league average. 58% was league average this year. It's maybe 60%. Let's get a little bit more balance in this offense. Maybe, just maybe, the running game opens up a little bit more if we're throwing the ball a little bit more effectively. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what's a thought. I know the run sets up the pass right, and that's the cliche of the NFL. But if the run, you know, if if, if the run sets up the pass, how come the Giants weren't a really good offense in 2018 with Eli Manning? You know, Saquon Barkley was one of the most effective and a big play running backs in the NFL in 2018. How come the how come the offense overall wasn't great? So maybe just maybe if we are a little bit more of a balanced offense, which I'm saying is throwing the ball more, maybe just maybe we're a better offense overall. And they drafted Daniel Jones at six. Whatever your thoughts are on him, they drafted him at six. Give him a shot to be what you drafted him to be. Give him a shot. And if it doesn't work out, then you 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 know. You move, you, you move on, or you have plans to move on, or you, you know, like you, you know, but give him a shot. You know that's been yeah. our whole argument. It's not, it's not like oh, Daniel Jones is the guy for sure. You know, I've, I've, but give him a shot. Build around him. He is the quarterback. Okay, to have long term success, he needs to be great. To have long term success, he needs to be great. Could we get by with you know? Doing stuff where, you know, you're like running the ball like crazy and having the best run game in the NFL and playing really good defense. And can you win a Super Bowl that way? Yeah, you absolutely can. But to have long-term success, Daniel Jones has to be yeah. the guy. Give and him a Giants, shot to be just that. The Giants are not the 49ers. The Giants are not the Ravens. You know, that's what fans want. But the talent on the roster is not there. So, 
we need to be more balanced and the quarterback needs to lead us there and we need, and we need to allow the quarterback to lead us there. Bobby, we have a Topher Pete mailbag. Looking forward to taking on the world with all of the talking Giants family and of course the Greasy 3. Will the Giants sign one of these wide receiver free agents and which one if they do? What do we do with the 11th pick? Thanks fellas. Okay, so Let's say they get someone anywhere from the Curtis Samuel to Allen Robinson range. Do you think that would take them out of pick number 11? You know, like last year, like, you know, we got Blake Martinez, but there's still people saying like, oh, Isaiah Simmons, but really the Blake Martinez, the Blake Martinez signing told them, told us we weren't going linebacker. I don't know who the alternative would be. That's the thing. You know, if you Pitts, Sertain, Sertain, a tackle. I think and there's, there's a, I think there's a lot of alternatives to be honest. And and there's arguments against, you know, par, people love talking about Parsons, but obviously the off the field stuff, I think that's a no. I think um, they I think that may have been found like not guilty to be honest cuz I haven't I saw somebody I don't know. But any I, I need to watch Michael Parsons. To I'm going to do determined. that. Yeah. Yeah. And also a lot of people are talking about him being an edge rusher when he was an interior linebacker and he didn't play. Another guy that didn't play this year. Um I don't know, Bobby. You know, uh, This is a year where I'm kind of glad free agency is coming before the draft, so it's like, okay, now we can kind of see what we have to do. But I'm not confident drafting a corner. I'm sorry. Uh, You know, this is where my Giants fan brain comes on and not just Giants, you know, person who studies the Giants, right? Uh, I don't want to draft a corner. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm scared. I'm scared to draft... I'm scared to draft a corner in the first round after what happened with Baker and what happened with Eli Apple. I'm sorry. I just am. Yeah, I'm um, not, though. I'm, I've gotten over that. I, I, I would be fine with, like, a certain... Because then here's the thing, Bobby. Farley, put, if he's the guy. You put so much expectation on your first-round pick. And I know, you know, first-round corners are picked all the time. And I think this year's draft class of corners actually did pretty well. And there was a lot of them taken. Remember the stretch of the, it was corners and wide receivers. It felt like every other pick was a corner or wide receiver, and like in the first three rounds of the draft, especially the first two rounds. Um, but you put so much pressure on that corner, and then when he comes out and he struggles right away, especially in the New York market and the New York media, with how much pressure they do put on their players, I, I it's such a shitty feeling. It's like man, this guy that we put so much in, this guy that we invested so much into is coming out and he's struggling. And it's kind of natural because cornerback is a very difficult position. You would maybe think that Patrick Graham would make things a little bit better. You know, if he can make life if he can make life easy for Isaac Yadam, he maybe definitely can make life easy for Patrick Sertain. Um I don't know. And then, you know, the whole thing of taking another tackle. Another tackle. I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't view that as taking another tackle. I would be like, this is awesome. Like I would think, I would think that's awesome. I would look at the way Dallas built their offense, and I would look at and I, and if they would take another wide, and if they would take a wide receiver in the first round after getting a Curtis Samuel, basically anybody but Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, I would I would say that's awesome. Me too. Or Pitts. I, yeah. That's why I think there's a lot of good options at eleven. Like Kyle Pitts. Right now, I'm probably on the Jalen Waddle train, but I, I and I, I'll probably stay on the Jalen Waddle train. But the one guy I see myself getting off of for is Kyle Pitts. I agree. And please mm-hmm. spare me that you get tight ends later in the draft. Could you imagine if this like if they think he's going to be the guy, if they think he's going to be the next Gronk, Kelsey, Kittle, and being like, well, we can get that later. No, no, you can't. Like, like yes, you can. But this idea is like, oh, you just get like I'm so sick of the you get every position later. Okay, it's 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 really we're down to QB. Left tackle and edge are the only positions you're allowed to draft in, in the in the first round anymore. 
It's so freaking annoying. If you think that guy's going to be the guy, then you take him. Then yeah. you take him. Tight end is an important position. Hell, look at the teams that go to the Super Bowls. Bucks have had good tight end play with Gronk and Cambray, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Like tight ends are important. Like I think tight ends are, are extremely important, especially ones that can block. So yeah. um, game cha- game changing tight ends can change your entire franchise. Yes. Yes. I, I seriously do agree. So yeah. um this idea that you don't take tight ends in the first round is wild to me. Yeah. So I would be I would be totally fine going for um yeah. for uh Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott were also drafted in the fourth round. Tom Brady was drafted in the sixth round, so let's just also ignore quarterback. Really, the only position that that applies for is running back. I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, so, Tim Coffey. All of my Tim no, Patrick... Actually, we can do it. All of my Tim Patrick bullying aside, Tim Patrick is that wide receiver from Denver who all he runs is like vertical routes. Um, can you guys go over the logic of matching a tender, the history of some tenders matched, and whether you think it's worth it for Tim Patrick? Okay, so a first-round tender would be a 4.1 mil where you have to offer that and give a first round. That's obviously not happening for Tim Patrick. Um, a second-round tender is 2.9, and then if you offered you have to, and, and they didn't match, you'd have to give a second-round pick. Um, and then the other one is a $1.9 million. So if he got after, offered that, then the, the pick that goes with that is his original draft slot. So where did Tim Patrick go in the draft? Good I should question. have looked that up before. He went undrafted, so I don't. Ooh. I'm guessing it'd be a seventh rounder. So if it's that, if it's that, like if it's if it's the if it's that tender, yeah. But a second or a first round tender, which it could be, like I could see the 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 Broncos putting that on Patrick. Then absolutely not. It's not worth it. Yeah. Even cool. If you, but I, I'm a, like, if if they do that, then yeah, like I would give up like, you know, a sixth or a seventh or whatever. Yeah. It, it would be for the undrafted free agent rules to to get a Tim Patrick type. Yeah. Sure. So. All right, Justin. You know what time it is? Time. Is it time for giant talk stories? Ooh. I caught you by surprise. Yes. Play the freaking music. Adrian Colbert went boating. TJ Brunson also went boating, but not with Adrian Colbert. Isaac Edom went golfing. Trent Harrison was playing cards and eating pig feet. Wayne Gallman is on vacation in Turks and Caicos. Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, Logan Ryan all had a birthday this week. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Tay Crowder was hanging out with Lorenzo Carter where he was showing off his grill. Wrong. Lorenzo Carter reposted it. It was a throwback Thursday from when they were at Georgia. And Blake Martinez finished a Pokemon puzzle. Justin, what piques the kids' interest? Oh, we're, we're talking about what piques our interest. Yes, that's what Giant Stories is. Wow, I didn't think we were going to have Quick, time we'll for go, it We're doing week. one. One. It's a very right. boring week. What did, uh, what did everybody do for their birthday? Saquon had a Kobe Bryant cake which i get but i feel weird. Like that's kind of weird to be honest weird Logan I, I, Ryan okay was... i'm gonna say this athletes are weird people and that's okay yeah yeah P- I, people forget what it's like to be an athlete like just because they're older now like they still have been an athlete their entire life i don't know what shep did and then logan ryan was promoting his um his like animal found dog foundation which should be a like logan ryan should come on the show to promote that so um, do it. I was thinking about True. DMing him. Well, maybe I'll do it this week. Sure. Um, 
All right, so that's all we got for giant stories. But you know what? Do you know what, Justin? Let's t- let's talk about our cojones for a second. Let's talk about our cojones. That's on brand in Spanish. <laughs> Support for talking giants. You know what it's brought to you by? It's brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That's right, and it rhymes. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Um, it works. Uh, I, I got it. It works. I've been using it. I've been staying fresh. Fresh to, fresh to death, more fresh than I ever have. It's been awesome. Um, you know, the the lawnmower 3.0, that's been killer. Uh, like, I'm going to the race tomorrow. <sighs> Might meet myself a nice country woman and spray my balls with a ball spray. <laughs> Bobby, my balls have been feeling great. They're feeling great right now. Thank you to Manscaped for sending us stuff. So if you use promo code GIANTS, if you do, you who are, who are listening right now, you kind of support us if you use promo code GIANTS, not going to lie. So if you want to support us, you can do that. But also to get some awesome products for yourself, promo code GIANTS on any Manscaped product, and you will get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, thank you, Manscaped, for sending us some free stuff. 20% off, and free shipping really is the biggest deal. Like, yes. shipping costs so much. And honestly, it's what I hate the most about our our Talking Giant store. It's like you can't buy stickers on the Talking Giant store because the shipping's like six bucks. So that's why I sell them on Venmo. It's like I'm not making it; I'm losing money. But I'd rather get, let people get these without feeling like they got to spend an arm and a leg for a freaking sticker. Um, all right, so that's promo code Giants twenty percent off. Go to Manscaped. Don't buy our stickers on the store. I'm just being real with you. But do go to Manscaped with promo code Giants twenty percent off. Freaking do it. All right. What's the next question, Justin? Bobby, it's from New York Mets Media. Thoughts about Governor Cuomo allowing 10% of fans back in New York Stadium, New York in, in New York Stadiums, come February 23rd. Justin, have the Giants contacted you about anything, and do you think that the number of fans allowed will increase come football season? Now, it's not Cuomo. It's Murphy. It's since, you know, Giants, Jets are in New Jersey. They share the same stadium. So it is Murphy. It was nice to hear Governor Murphy kind of say this week about, hey, we kind of need schools to reopen, um, and we want that process to happen sooner rather than later. So I 100% do think that there's going to be some semblance of fans in the stands come this September. Um, you know, we won't, I, I, we won't get into the whole, you know, whatever behind it. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to predict anything. But I think it's certain that there are going to be some fans, semblance of fans, allowed in the stands whether that's going to be me i don't know um because i did just get the invoice i got my regular season ticket invoice for the 2021 season so even similar to what was happening last year um this is not like oh the giants are planning on having fans because they even did this last year where you could pay the full price of the regular season tickets and then if they need to refund you any money, they're going to refund you any money. But the payment plans are available. You can pay it in full right now. Um, they ended the email saying we will keep you updated on any of the protocols or whatever. And, and if anything changes, but we're looking forward to seeing you at MetLife Stadium in 2021. That's how they ended the email. Um, I can pay my tickets if I want. Um, they are going to be adding on an extra charge if it is confirmed that a 17th game is going to be added. 
and if that will be a home game, whether that's going to be in Miami or MetLife. So that's the update on the Justin's Corner for regular season ticket holders. Right on. You missed the question, though. I have no take on any of that. Um, By a wrench haver. A who? A wrench haver. A wrench haver. Did I... Was it Gazman? Only three people have a wrench. We've answered two Gazman. out of the three people. I, I miss Gazman. I'm so sorry. Oh, he deserves to hit me in the face with that wrench. Um, I'd pay for that. Congrats. <laughs> Patreon.com slash talking drives. Congrats on this past year, guys. And this is Gazman, Gazman Superstar. Been a pleasure to be along for the ride. If the offense struggles to get going again next year, we will make the change to Rob Sale or maybe another candidate. I think it may be another candidate. And if so, when would Joe Judge pull the trigger? Keep doing you with the heart emoji. I th- I'm pretty sure it would be Freddie Kitchens if they were to do that. Man, I I think it would be more than – I think it would be have to be a battle for power. Like I think it would have to be Jason Garrett not you know, doing the Columbo, but being like, sorry, I'm running my offense like this way. And Jason Garrett's really not that pers- type of personality. Um so I, I, I don't envision this happening at all. Um, there's one thing Jason Garrett's good at. It's keeping a job. So mm. um, I, I don't see this happening. But if it were to be somebody, I think it would be Freddie Kitchens. If they were to do it in the middle of the season, it's going to be Freddie Kitchens. But Yeah, that's um, what I meant. I, I'm, I had a thought. I was taking a shower earlier in the evening, and I had a thought. Everybody loves giving the power to Joe Judge. a lot of thoughts. We have a lot of thoughts. Um, Manscape promo code Giants. Um, you, everybody loves Joe. Everybody loves Joe Judge. I love Joe Judge, and the whole vibe online right now is, oh, you know, oh, given. I love when Joe Judge makes his own decisions. I love when he makes decisions on the staff. I love when he brings along guys that he has connections with, and then literally, the most important. Uh, I'm sorry. Your offense is more important than a defense. Scoring points in the National Football League is the most important thing of the game of football. So the most important part of a coaching staff, which is your play caller, besides the head coach, or your two play callers, but especially on the offensive side of the ball, that's the guy that's literally like the only guy that does not have a connection and is not a Joe Judge guy. That is the only one. We love giving Joe Judge the power. We love giving him the discretion. Yet the most important part of his staff is somebody that he probably did not want in the first place. And that is kind of frustrating to me. Yep. And guess what? You want enough what? Now, now I'm pissed off. I just got I just got like a ball of rage in me. You know, like, oh, Jason Garrett, man, he's 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 got the head coaching experience. He can show him the ropes. Joe Judge gets COVID. This guy knows to step in and take the job. Guess what? That guy with all that freaking experience, he didn't get to go to the Senior Bowl. He's not staying in the facility after the season working on the free agency plan. It's Patrick Graham, the guy with no experience. The guy with no experience. That's the guy who's there. That's that's so telling right there. That it's like, hey, we don't even want you around here. Like, just... That's what... Because my one worry about Joe Judge in the end of the season, it's like, it's like where it's like, I don't know if he's the, could be the guy, is because of this offense and like, is this Joe Judge's offense? But that to me tells me it's not, dude. And it's it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. And this isn't me saying that the offense can't be successful next year to Jason Garrett. There is a path to that. But it's so frustrating, like you said, that the, the one guy that's not a Judge guy is the guy we're frustrated with. Yeah. And the yep. other guy was fired in Mark Colombo. Yep. And every single other position group we like, 
and every other and every single unit, uh, we kind of like what they're doing, um, and we like the vibe that they're putting out. Frustrating, dude. Every single one. So yeah. All right. Um, Alex Lorenzo. <laughs> Interesting questions here. I gotta eventually leave a voicemail. Yeah, do that. But for now, what are the Giants' realistic choices, chances of signing Allen Robinson, and WTF? What the heck? What the heck do we expect from Sam Beal? Is he a legit option to try at cornerback two? Or at this point, if we don't add anyone, just run Yadam as cornerback two again. Bobby, can I just talk about Sam Beal? I compare him to... You're only Jaco- talking about Sam Beal in this. Okay. Um, we'll talk about Allen Robinson when we get closer to we free agency. We already did agency. talk about Allen Robinson. Oh, we already did. Okay, cool. We'll talk about him more. Um, but Sam Beal, my metaphor and comparison to him is uh, Jacoby Ellsbury... He is a mythical creature unless I actually physically see him on a field of play with my eyes. And no, I I don't consider him a legit option. I don't even consider him a real person. <laughs> I, I, I thought I was going to be the one that was more negative. Um, uh, here's where I stand. If I see any production out of Sam Beal, um, it'll be more than I'm expecting. I have no expectations for Sam. Like, literally zero. Like, I don't even expect him to be, like, I expect him to be in camp, and that's really the end of it. Um, Yeah, I, I got nothing for Sam B. I got no yeah. expectations for him. Tough. Um, All right, now we got a, we got a voicemail. And this is, this guy, he's, he probably leaves a voicemail on every um voicemail app, and we're getting to him this late in the show. That's how we keep you in. Bobby, Justin, Danny, Middle East King. It is Eric in Naples. 2021 new voicemail shake and bake what's up guys i am in my car driving to work in my new job head tennis pro in pelican landing bonita yeah. springs florida what's up boys I'm you, all our hey, calls are from florida couple things first here. off love the new hire rob sale i think judge is doing an incredible job of bringing teachers into the new york giants football environment mm-hmm. i love Garrett. it I think it only makes our players better. On a sad note, talking Giants favorite Alex Tanny retired last night. Believable. I don't know how we move on from him, Bobby. What do we do? Also, just a, watching that Super Bowl, it made me think of our glory days with Michael Strahan and OCU Menorah on the edge. I think we've got to get an edge rusher. Yes, I want to improve the offense. So I don't want to take one need an edge rusher. I don't know how we're going to get one, but we need a good one. Maybe that guy from Miami, who knows? Also, um, you guys said that you're going to do a trip. Bobby was nice enough to invite Justin and Danny down in for the I'm always listening. I will pay my own way just to meet you guys. I'll drive down there. I'll bring Justin some barbecue. I'll bring Danny and all they want i'd love to come down and just share share a drink with you guys anyway i guess i'm inviting myself there but um, i'm just messing around but uh also i think that we need to get a wide receiver in the draft i don't care where it comes and i think we need to get chaz Surratt or that guy from notre dame that you interviewed that guy was a pleasure i don't have a lot more to say guys but I just wanted to wish you a happy new year and I can't wait for all the content. You guys do a incredible job. And 
and uh, maybe at lunchtime I'll get a little Caesars. Peace. Peace, our guy. Um, it, I miss him yelling victory, I'll be honest. Victory! Um, Eric in Naples is our guy. Um, so there's a lot in there to unpack. First of all, um, where, what are we, we're, we're going to have some type of like one week getaway. Um, I don't know what we're going to do, but you know, North Carolina might be an option because I was told that there may be a golf tournament that we might be involved in. I I, I kind of a little damper on the spirits, but it may be like a memorial golf tournament. So we may, it may be us partaking in that golf tournament and then we'll do a North Carolina vacation. Um, if that happens, but that was, you know, those that was talked about. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but if we're in South Florida, Eric, you better come and meet up with us for a day or I'll be pissed off. And then we have other ones. There's like Peter and the keys. Um, we, ha- I mean, look at all our voicemails, the Florida. I tell you people, the Florida, New York giants crowd is strong. It is strong. The Florida giants. And I just flex. And I don't have muscles, but we are strong. Yeah. Love our Florida peeps. And if we're in North Carolina, we have a lot like Mr. Brownstone's in North Carolina. Tim Coffee's in North Carolina. Mm. Um, Research Rick's in North. Like we have a lot of like Florida and North Carolina is probably our number two and number three audience compared to, you know, the um, New 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 York, New Jersey area. Right. Right. Exciting. Exciting. Thanks. Where would you, where's like your destination you'd like to go to? (laughs) Cancun. I have a timeshare in Cancun. I haven't been to in like five, six years. Okay, maybe we'll go to Cancun. Um, <laughs> that would save us money on on wherever you stay. Uh, yeah, it's like just pay for your flight and pay for whatever you need in Mexico. And I think we're going to go to Cancun now that you say that. Okay. So sorry, Eric, um, unless you want to come across the Gulf a little bit. Yeah, take take a trip. Take a swim. I think we're going to do that. I need to renew my passport, though. I got it in 2010. It's been it's expired um, this year. It's probably expired by... Oh, it lasts... Yeah, I guess when They're you get a little bit older, it lasts for a longer time, yeah. They last 10 years, so Florida strong, baby. Um, so I, th- I think Cancun is going to be where it's at, and I'm yeah. going to make you and Danny – I'm going to turn you and Danny in the lobsters. Like actually? or Maybe like we, we're we'll gonna... spend the 4th of July in Cancun because we'll record episodes while we're you know down there. Yeah. We'll do the 4th of July. That would be kind of weird, though, the 4th of July in Mexico. I think I think it's a certain that, – that would be. It's kind of un-American. Um <laughs> I, I think there's only a certain time that we could go to the... I mean, I think we can easily change it. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it off air. We'll talk yeah. about it off air. Because none of my friends want to go. I've been offering it like every year. None of my friends want to go. Um, okay. Paul Nonus. We have two questions left. Paul Nonus. Very smart guy. I almost, I almost wish I was as smart as him. He should be sitting in my seat. How do you guys feel that the Eagles are likely getting a first-round pick for Wentz? I wish we could talk about this for longer. I can't believe that it's most likely gonna happen because that's some BS. How? C- but I think this is Paul. What Paul thinks? One benefit is maybe they go defense instead of wide receiver at six, and Chase or Smith could potentially fall to eleven now. How can someone trade a first rounder for Carson Wentz? I don't understand that. I, 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 and I'm I'm a guy who's patient. Like I believe in giving guys like. QB second chances, but the trade for Wentz, who was broken this year, and then on top of that, has a monster contract that just starts now, that is just starting now, so he's got that, and he was a bad teammate, all the stuff that's coming out of Philly, he just flat out wouldn't listen to the coaches, and never like took a ownership for his mistakes, and would not run plays, like 
Carson Wentz is a bad teammate. I, I don't get how anybody would want him. I would take Sam Darnold 10 times out of 10 over to Carson Wentz. Because at least I know Sam Darnold's a good teammate and he's still left to be molded into. And it's not a big commitment contract-wise. I don't understand how anybody is... I, I, I don't get it. I don't care if you're Frank Reich and you've, seen, and you've been successful with him. I, I, I do not understand how anybody wants Carson Wentz for that for that price. Let's just say that Matt Stafford and Jared Goff, like those two players were a swap. How many extra first-round picks were added on to that trade by Los Angeles? Two. Oh, the oh, con- wait, 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 wait. Say it again. If they're the, if they were the same, so so let's just say quarterback for quarterback swap, right? And then how many more draft picks were added on to? the acquisition of Matthew Stafford. I have no idea what your get what your question is. Maybe it's it, it's late, you know. Uh my my brain's mush. But my point is is that if the Eagles are going to trade Carson Wentz, it's maybe it's kind of likely that they're not trading him to a team that already has a quarterback, so then the Eagles probably wouldn't be getting a quarterback back in return. Oh, but they're going to get Big Dick Nick. I sh- I Nick Foles. Oh, that's right. If they trade him to Chicago, then Which would be so funny. That's the funniest which, thing ever. Which would it would it be Nick Foles and a first round pick? But why would the Bears do that? They just because they just they so didn't have a first round pick same, for the last couple of years because of Khalil Mack, and they're going to do it for Carson Wentz. It's the same argument um, for the Rams, except it's just a worse argument. Uh, it's not as good as the Rams that the Bears have felt like they have a roster that they can kind of rock and roll with for a few years now. And Carson Wentz, they would take a chance on him. It would it would be a Hail Mary. It would be a bad Hail Mary, but it would be a Hail Mary. I guess so, because it, this is the last year for... Um, Nagy. Nagy and um, what's their GM's name? I know it. Um, what's the Bears GM's name? I don't know, but th- that those core group of guys have been together for a while like you know the they've had a they've had a good group of pl- good crop of players that's why you don't have, even ryan pace that's who it is where even with bad quarterback play they have still won seven seven games like seven plus games yeah they're desperate so it, it, i get why they're doing it but if i were the if i were the bears ownership i would be like oh this is this is your last gasp we're firing you like i'm serious if i was bears ownership it's like this is your last year. It's like, oh no, no, this isn't, this isn't what I meant by last chance. We are firing you. We're firing you. We're not. We're not. This. This. This is. We're firing you. If this is your idea of your last chance, we're firing you. So, yeah, I, I don't get it. But I don't want the Eagles to trade Carson Wentz because he sucks. One final question. Eli Wartman at Eli Wartman. Um, left a nice, uh, asked a nice question on my on my personal Instagram today. Um. He asked me, when am I coming full-time? In due time. In due time. When will Miss Jones make another call-in? He is referring to Glenda Jones, the grandmother of Daniel Jones, who left a voicemail on the first ever Talking Giants voicemail episode. It's kind of weird that she hasn't ever called back in, you know? Maybe. All right. I have, I have, a, I have a bad thought. Oh, don't say that. Maybe she unfortunately passed away. Don't say that about Miss Glenda. She was very old and senile. Do we still have her number? We can find it. Don't call, it's, it's be it, don't call her now. It's going to be January 6th of 2020. 
No, yes, of 2020, yes. All right. Don't call her now. She's sleeping. She wasn't sleeping last time. She's sleeping either eternally for, Stop, et- for the rest of that. eternity. She wasn't sleeping last time. Or she's sleeping for the evening. No, it's 10.15. This is this is late. Okay, I'm calling her. He's, oh, God. here. We, no, this didn't work out. We regretted this the first time that we did this. No, I didn't. She was a we, nice person. I, I felt... No, because she was so old and confused. And yeah, but I know how to deal with her now. I know her. You know her like the back of your hand. Oh, boy. I don't feel good about this. I don't think this is going to end well. It's happening. Bobby's calling. No answer. She's sleeping. For the evening. We need to hear what the voicemail um, greeting is. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. No. Glenda Jones. Glenda Jones. Is not available. At the tone, please record your message. Whose voice when you have is finished this? recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey Glenda, this is Bobby. I was just calling in to check in how you're doing. It's, it's been a while, so hope you're doing well. Feel free to give me a call back and um sorry I called um, you know, a little later in the evening. So um I uh, hope you're doing well. Uh miss you. Bye. Should have said love you. No, I didn't want to be the love you guy to someone I don't know. Um, he's talk. He is talking. She. She is talking. Giants's grandmother. It's literally our first voicemail. She is the grandmother of Talking Giants and Daniel Jones. Talking Giants versus the world. She is part of that. Yes. Yes. Like she probably has stickers. Um, <laughs> Tim from Florida was passing them out. Yes, he was. Um, put him on a stop sign. Yeah, Tim from Florida. All right, appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Tuesday. Not sure of the episode Tuesday, but it might be a little bit of a surprise, but it might not, depending. I, I haven't fully booked it yet, so. Don't get mad. If you see the episode name and it's something you may not like, don't get mad. Get glad. Um, get glad. Free ad for glad. All right, appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Tuesday. Until then, let's go. Big Blue.